Hello, mamas, Laura here, and today we are chatting all about choking management and the different steps to take should you ever land yourself in this scary situation. Enjoy! Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off episode two in the baby first aid series, delving into the exact steps to take should you ever have to deal with a choking situation. This is episode two of a four-part baby first aid series with the amazing Edwina Sharrock, our first aid educator, nurse, midwife, and all-round legend of a woman. And don't forget, we have already released episode one in this series covering how to best prevent choking in the first place and the important differences to know between choking and gagging. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back to episode one in this series and check that out first. There is so much amazing content coming up in this Baby First Aid series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this Baby First Aid series, you'll learn about common breathing issues in young children and the current SIDS guidelines. Plus, we cover poisons and falls in young children, all topics that I'm sure you will come across at some stage in your parenting journey. We also have a bonus fifth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Edwina gives us the down low on exactly what you'll need in your first aid kit at home. So none of the fancy fluffy things, just the practical and easy solutions to be able to manage all first aid situations easily at home. This entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member-only bonus podcast content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to be released, then check out The Pregnancy Posse. I've taken all my years of experience as a women's health therapist helping pregnant and postnatal women and made this accessible to every wonderful woman online inside the Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of the questions from our amazing Posse members. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other, along with an extensive resources library, which will help you avoid the dreaded Google rabbit hole. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode two of our four-part Baby First Aid series. You are going to love today's chat with Edwina as we dive into exactly how to manage choking should you ever be put in that scary situation. Enjoy. I think we've got a really good understanding now of what is gagging, what is coughing. Um, Let's hope by now, if this has happened to you, you can see that Lego piece or that leaf in your child's mouth. It's come out, they're fine. Now let's move on to if they're not fine. So let's go into choking management. And again, it's about staying calm, you feeling panicked, crying, screaming, running to tell somebody else is time that is delayed in giving the first aid that your baby or child needs. Yes. So run through scenarios in your mind. You know, when you're watching this, grab a doll, grab Mm. a bear, go through it with me. But if you are needing to do it, and this is what we teach in the program, you know, we get you and your partner to practice it 
because it's like monkey see, monkey do. If you've done it before, even though there is that panic and overwhelm, this will come back to you if it's something that you've physically practiced before. Mm. And Um, Edwina, I assume you recommend all partners do the program with um, the mum as well so that you're not the only one carrying the responsibility of fixing any problems that might. Absolutely. And completely unrealistic to think that it's always going to be you that's with Mm. your baby or child. You pop out to the shops, you have a shower, you, Mm. you know, do something out in the backyard. It is quick and it is silent. I also mm-hmm. say anybody who cares for your baby. So that yes. is, again, the beauty of the online program. You've got a new babysitter. You've got a nanny. You've got grandparents coming over to watch them. Sit down with them and go, hey, can you watch this video? Because mm. I want to know and, and, you know, and show me on the teddy bear. <laughs> you know, yes. I've done this with my parents. Perfect. Um, like, and also I think with, especially with um older people that might be caring for your baby so parents or aunties or uncles it's very different to what mm. they possibly learnt so when I was talking to my mum when Polly was little and we're talking about what to do with burns she wasn't going to do it but she said we were taught to put some butter on it I was like <laughs> <laughs> just fry up a bit of butter no problem essentially just, essentially just keep cooking the flesh oh, oh lord so okay I was like wow um so obviously things change and that is also with our course we continually update the content so you're not having to think oh is this still current we just continue to update the content so let's say that we're this is a baby you know just for this scenario if it was a baby that's having a breastfeed and you notice you know you're hearing the gagging sound or you've gone into their cot and noticed that they're um, you know, they appear to not be breathing or anything or not or, or not looking distressed and you can't see anything around. Again, you know, if you can have a look at their mouth, see if there is something there. Um, for a smaller baby, it's really important in terms of the position that we make sure that we're still supporting them. So mm-hmm. if you are concerned that they're choking, um, this is probably like if you're going to go into their cot and they're not breathing you're skipping all of this, assume it's not choking, you're going to be going into baby and child CPR. Mm-hmm. But say they've, you know, you think that there's possibly something they've put into their mouth. The difference I want to talk about with positions is that when we do the five and five, five and five, and I'll show you how to do this, but with a baby really under the age of eight months to one year old, because again, it's about their neck strength, we would be having, like, we still do the five back thrusts, and I'll show you that shortly. Mm-hmm. But when it's under one or under eight months, it really depends on the size of your baby. Rather than doing the chest thrusts, you'd be using two fingers, similar to what we teach you in baby and child CPR. Mm-hmm. However, it's slower. So it's in here in the middle of the nipple line, and you'd be lying the baby on a flat surface, a flat, firm surface, the same way that we teach in CPR. And be doing the one, two, three, four, and five. And I'll show you that. But I just want to say under one, you'd probably be doing that as opposed to what I'm going to show you for the chest thrusts, which is for about an eight-month to one-year-old. It really depends on the weight of the child. So if you've got a big eight-month-old, you're going to be treating them like a one-year-old. For a really small, tiny, petite one-year-old, you know, it, it just depends very much on the child. So for this scenario, we're going to say that it's like a 
robust little one-year-old. I was eating say, it looks about platter. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He weighs a ton too. Um, <clears throat> eating his fruit platter. So let's just say the good old, and I know that everybody's very paranoid about it, but it's actually quite a common thing that we see is grapes because yes. they're just that perfect little size to occlude the airway. So please do cut up your grapes. Um, and do you have a recommendation? I did get some questions coming through about how to cut up food what to cut up is there a certain size or shape do you have any tips on that not really but i can tell you probably the top things that well like the top things that we see we see popcorn cocktail sausages so those red um skin mm-hmm. sausages the red skin <laughs> yes. if it's a baby that's learning to eat the red skin is actually really easy to occlude the airway because they don't chew it up as much yes. so if your child is younger just peeling the red skin off is probably a good idea until they're a little bit more mature with their eating Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, cutting up grapes with hard, like if you're going to be giving them carrot, not giving them those, you know, like really just thinking about the size of your baby's mm-hmm. airway mm-hmm. and anything that's not going to occlude that. So okay. I do encourage chopping up fruit and vegetables at that age um, or keeping things bigger. So, you yes. know, if you're going to be giving them a piece of lamb and you're having lamb chops, let them have the whole chop. Let them, mm. you know, like it's not going to be pretty, but they'll suck and gnaw and chew at it. Yes. And they're not able to get that whole bone, obviously, into their mouth. Yes. Um, so there's no hard and fast rules. I know we all have very different diets. We Some people do, you know, baby lead weaning. Some people will do puree. There's no right or wrong. I actually say it's probably good to talk to a community family child health nurse about that mm. because also the recommendations change so often. Yes. Uh, my big things are supervision, making sure that your baby has the tone and is able to sit upright and feeding children in an environment where you're able to supervise them. So this little child is in a, in, is in a high chair and is able to sit up in a high chair on their own. Mm. I was just going to ask Edwin, I was just thinking about the food again. Would you recommend, I know I just don't give my kids blueberries because I never know what size to, to yeah. feed them, but those mesh feeders, would you recommend those because you can sort of chomp on it but then don't have to worry about any big particles occluding um, the airway? Yeah, look, I think, I, and I used one for Polly, I probably used it more for teething. You yes. know, I'd put frozen things in there for her, which she really enjoyed. Yes, if that's a transition for you and you feel better. Yes. But remembering the reality is... At they're going stage, to have to eat it. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to transition out of that anyway. Yes. And I think remembering that as a parent, that everything is a stage of transition. Um, are we prepared to enter this stage or are we just going to jump to the next stage? Um, yes. And I think also, you know, first time child, you're probably, I was probably a bit more cautious. And then with Theo, I definitely felt like I relaxed a lot more. Um, he didn't get any of those sort of nifty things. <laughs> but I think that's as well just, you, you feel confident in yourself. Yes, Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to say that little bub here, he is having her plate of grapes or um, he, sorry, I don't know, he's pretty gender neutral in the suit. Um, And he's eating his grapes and I notice a coughing sound. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a look and I'm going to say, hey, Junior, yeah, good job. Choo-choo-choo, choo-choo. You know, like remember that's an effective cough still. Um, And then I'm, you know, and then I'm sort of thinking, he's actually, is he able to clear that? Again, staying nice and calm. There's no point in me panicking. I need to be assessing the situation. 
No, he, to me now, is looking very distressed. He's conscious. They're still going to be conscious. Um, but what I'm starting to see, and it's actually unlikely to see this very quickly in a dark-skinned baby, but in a light-skinned baby, you're going to see very quickly start to be a bit of colour change around their lips and nose. So I'm watching. He's silent. He's not making any sounds. And we're looking a little bit like... So they're still making that effort to try and clear the airway, but they're unable to. And silly so question very, this might be, Edwina, no. but colour change, are we talking blue or is there a transition to that? Yeah, it's a bluey tinge around the lips and nose and then often they actually go quite white before okay. they go blue. So it's actually reverse of when your babies are born. You know when yes. your babies are born and they come out and they're kind of a bit white looking and then they've still got the blue tinge as they go a bit pink. You're kind of waiting. I remember with Polly, you know, being a midwife, I'm like, is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? (laughs) And then my midwife was like, just focus on her lips, watch her lips become pink, you know, and that did, they go from all white, you know, because she she was a bit slow to take a couple of breaths um, and then that blue tinge and then it comes to a pink. It's like in reverse. Get a little bit blue and then they sometimes can go all white um, before fully going that bluey tinge. And, And look, Full blue tinge is quite a late sign and you would mm. be looking at starting CPR. Mm, okay. um, I would expect, and again, there's no, you know, but I would expect that that child would be floppy with no tone. You know, we'll, mm. we'll talk about that. But for this scenario, has had a try of a little cough, is now silent. So I'm going to say at the beginning it was sounding like an effective cough. There is now a non-effective cough and it's important that you sort of go, okay, yep, still on. So it's tone. I'm going to pick baby up out of the high chair and the position I'm going to take. And so see how, sorry, I'm just moving my chair here. Um, see how I am still using gravity and supporting mm-hmm. the baby's head. Mm-hmm. And what I'm aiming for is in between the shoulder blades there. And I'm using this part of my hand and I'm going to do five firm back thrusts. Mm-hmm. I have looked and I cannot see something that is there. So I'm not going to, you know, go and try and push mm-hmm. scoop and it's one two three four five now i am doing that very firmly i was okay. going to ask what sort of pressure pretty, you're putting it's in pretty com- it's pretty confronting to watch and i know that parents are like she really looks like she's hitting that child yes and and it like you can hear the thump i really am a, a pat on the back at this stage is not going to work. Mm. So it is a thrust because what I'm trying to do is get that little pocket of air to push whatever is occluding the airway out. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to turn the child over, again, still supporting the neck. And remember what we talked about earlier, a younger child, we're going to be on a flat surface doing two fingers in between the nipple line. A larger child, again, using that part of my hand, supporting the neck on my arm, and it's one, two, three, four, five. Again, it does look very confronting, um, and, I, and I get that. And somebody said, you know, like, oh, it's a good one. I say, oh, are you going to bruise their ribs? Or, and I had one dad, and he was like, yeah, but what if... Then they broke a rib and the rib punctured a spleen. And I was like, again, like <laughs> highly unlikely. But, yeah, that, that is what could happen. But all of that will heal. Oxygen not getting to your baby's brain is not 
something that will heal. Yes. After five and five, if you have not noticed anything, you can't see anything, you're checking the mouth, you get your phone, dial triple O, put it onto speaker Mm. and continue with the five and five, five and five. So we go back to the five. The paramedics answered at this stage. If you're calling paramedics in Australia, they're going to say police, fire or ambulance. Triple O is our national number. If you're from overseas, 112 or wherever, whatever country you're in will work. And stay on the line because they will continue to coach you and give you advice. So that's super helpful. Mm. You're going to do five, 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 five. Keep doing that till you either clear the airway or the child loses consciousness. You then need to lay them flat on the ground and commence CPR very quickly and effectively. Know how to do CPR. Mm. A lot of people think that, again, that they just know what to do. It's, it is a technique, you know, and I, and I know we talked about this earlier. It takes about an hour of the course. We spend an hour of the three-hour course teaching you how to do effective CPR because if any of these things don't go well, it's going to lead to mm. going and knowing what to do in terms of CPR. And if it's been a while since someone's done CPR, just a little tip from me because I update um, all the time, it's getting simpler. So I know that five years ago when I did CPR, I was like, I am never going to remember all those numbers. I know all whereas, the different numbers. Yes, yeah. whereas it's getting simpler. I think they're really recognising that people need just like one figure in their head when yeah. they're in a panic state. And just to confirm, let's say you know your CPR but you completely lose control because you're in a mm-hmm. panic state would someone from triple zero guide you through cpr yeah. on the phone they, okay they continue to coach you yes um and also i say you know scream out for help ask mm. you know yell out for a neighbor don't yes. don't be on your own thinking that you've got to be managing this um also when i'm teaching the course i say like it might not be your child but it was someone else's that you render mm. assistance to mm. um so the mum that's panicked or, you know, hasn't done a course or the dad or the grandparent, mm. that's like, I know it sounds crazy. I want you to do a course and never, ever use what I'm going to I teach I love you. it. I think it's great. <laughs> um, the reality is it's likely that you will use it. Yes, yes. And so that's for a baby from eight months to yeah, from one about year. eight months, 12 months, or around that eight to 12 months, you'd be using that size. Yes. Or a and try and do this so that you don't see the fact that I'm wearing Ugg boots. <laughs> but I've just realised that that may... Um, that, we are that, all that, for that comfort and practicality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's putting the baby over your knee like that. Can you see that, Laura? Yes, yes. and this is for a so toddler putting, over that, the age. That's, yeah, toddler, really someone that you're not... The weight, you're not able to hold like this. Okay. So, you know, Anyone like that's for, heavy enough. Yeah, for Theo, he's yes. five, actually he's six now. You know, that's definitely going to be um, more comfortable for me, yes. but also I'm more effectively going to be, be able to put that weight that is yes. needed to yes. be able to do that. This is so, this is blowing my mind, Edwina, because I would have said prior to this chat, 
Yeah, I, I'm really um, well-versed on first aid. I know exactly what I need to do. And everything you just told me, I'm ashamed to admit, I don't think I would have done that. So, You're well-versed on adult CPR. Yes, and like, I do. I thing. agree. It's been two and a half years since I did uh, the baby first aid. Yeah. And this is really, really good for me because I was thinking occasionally when Mussy, he's two and a half, Um, he's never choked touch wood, but gags in the high chair. Mm. My first reaction, if it does look like, yes, is to Mm. tap his back. And I Mm. thought I was doing the right thing, Mm. but obviously I've lost brain cells over the last two and a half years and I'm actually not. And so this is also teaching him, like you're encouraging him, like, good job, Matthew. Good job. Mm. Yes. Cough, cough, cough. Normal developmental process. We want that to be something that he's doing independently. Mm. I have found that so valuable for myself. So I know all the women out there are going to find this super valuable because we need these constant refreshes. Even like I said, I've done a course, but that was two and a half years ago. And I clearly have forgotten some of the basic 101. So thank you so much for walking us through that. That was just like the perfect summary of how to manage choking and gagging in your newborn and your toddler. So thank you. Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and you now feel more confident as to how to approach this situation should you ever be put into it. I know that this episode was more of a visual one as opposed to verbal. So if you didn't quite follow along with Edwina's verbal steps, you can always check out this video, which is available to all Pregnancy Posse members inside the program. Otherwise, this video podcast will also be uploaded to YouTube shortly. Just search for the Physio Laura channel and you can see Edwina's demonstrations of the chest thrust and the back blows and all of that then. And personally, even though I've done many a first aid course over the years, I really did learn so much from this episode with Edwina and I truly feel more confident as a mum to young children to manage choking should it ever present to me. So if you'd like to learn more from Edwina, you can find her on Instagram at birthbeat. And I'd also love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite learnings from this episode or if you've ever had to put these learnings into practice yourself. Now, in the next few episodes of this Baby First Aid series, we will be chatting with Edwina about breathing trouble in children, SIDS guidelines, poisons, and falls, all very important topics for young children as they love to get themselves in sticky situations. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. Now, if you love today's episode and you want to devour the next two episodes in this Baby First Aid series straight away, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series right now inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. So for most series of the podcasts we record, we also exclusively record bonus content for our Pregnancy Posse members. And in this bonus member-only episode for the Baby First Aid series, Edwina talks us through exactly what you'll need to have in your first aid kit. It will only cost around $80 and she covers the most practical items, none of the fluffy stuff. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on things like birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises and yoga flows, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with myself. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. I will catch you soon for episode three in this four-part Baby First Aid series where we'll be covering common breathing issues in young children and the current SIDS guidelines. But until then, Mama, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.